folks, hello, uh, and welcome to another edition of Recruiter Screen. Um, as if you've been here before, you may know by now, uh, every week at sort of random times throughout the week, we uh, uh, we grab some time with a recruiter or recruiting leader really at the top of their game um, to just have a no-nonsense conversation about what makes recruiting so rewarding, but also so tough, maybe sometimes funny, maybe sometimes sort of tear-inducing. Um, uh, uh, and this week, um, uh, we'll be speaking to to Alex Pyers. Um, Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? I'm very good, thank you. I'm very good. Uh, Alex, just before we jump in, can you uh, share with the with the folks a little bit about yourself? Who are, who are you? What do you do? Sure. So I am founder of uh, ISC. We uh, we're an agency, if you will, that um, basically focuses within the technology space, um, specifically working with startups, uh, growth companies, and companies that are positioning themselves for an, an IPO. And um, you know, so I started the company in September 2001. Really bad timing of heavily focused in fintech for the first half of our history, and in 2014. Uh, turned the company on its head, started a completely new approach and um, created work streams and never looked back. It's, it's, uh, it's been great. Prior to this, I worked in the DOD in counterintelligence where I did some recruiting, but the scope and mission was quite different. Um, yeah. But I, I used a lot of what I used to do back then. You'd be yeah. surprised in terms of the parallels to the, uh, the private sector. Yeah. Interesting. What was the... Uh... I mean, if you did a bit of recruiting in the DOD, were you a, were you a recruiter in the DOD? It just wasn't there. There wasn't that much recruiting or what do you mean? No, I wasn't a recruiter. I was an operator. So I did human yeah. intelligence collections overseas. We called it a licitation. So it was a form of recruitment. It's just, yeah. um, uh, it was it was different. Yeah, so <laughs> Without getting you, myself into trouble. <laughs> how did you make that? What made you make that jump? Well, it was crazy. Um, I had um, into the, the, the space or into the private sector. Into the into this into recruiting. Um, so I, you know, it reached to end of 1999, 2000, and I started kind of weighing risk versus reward um, in the intelligence space. Loved the job, uh, but uh, it was kind of tough to some degree. And then I got out. I was um, going to school and I was looking for a job. So I applied for a position, and the recruitment agency called me back. And instead of finding me a job, they hired me. And that was the beginning of my uh, of my career. So just happenstance. Okay. Wow. Amazing. Nice. Well, anyway, that was a that was a detour. My bad. Um, uh, <laughs> obviously, thanks for the intro. Um, are you ready for for your recruiter screen? Shoot. Let's do it. All right. First of all, what makes you want to throw your laptop out of the window about day to day recruiting? Sure. So you know we work with a lot of startups, and um, I think it's moving fast for fast sake. So the, the process of recruitment, you know, especially in startups, is it's crucial aspect that, that often gets overshadowed by the urgency to grow quickly, not setting up solid hiring methodologies and processes from inception. It, it, it will absolutely in, impede a company's ability to grow effectively and efficiently. And, and you know, analogous to this is, you know, taking me back to uh, really just quickly a, a course that I did in, in Quantico. This is in the old days and uh, it was called high risk personnel, right? So if you can imagine cowboys quick drawing um, and that was what the course was all about, you know, just uh, what we learned initially was they taught us slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And so 
you know, I use that today, even in, in, in what we do. I just don't tell a CEO when they want to grow really quickly to move slow. I just transform that slow into, you know, good processes, because if you have that down pack, then it eventually will become smooth and smooth will inherently become fast. So when now when you're asking me what I hate and want to throw my laptop out, it's when they don't necessarily hear us and they just yeah. want to push forward. And that can be um, that can be tough. Yeah. I reckon I've been guilty of that for sure. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully I haven't made too many people actually throw their laptop out the window. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it is a super interesting one, like the sort of the immediate urgency and the sort of almost like the sort of the feedback loop you have of, oh, okay, I've said we should move faster. And now I see people acting really frantically. I've done something good, you know, which is obviously, as, as you're pointing out, not necessarily going to lead to a quicker outcome. Um, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um what is your sort of when you've worked with, you know, clients, hiring managers, what's your sort of favorite trait that you think really helps you do a great job for them? I, I think favorite hiring managers ability trait in them as opposed to favorite in them. Them. Okay. Yeah. I, I think uh, hiring managers ability to see the value in talent acquisition. You know, if a hiring manager understands the, the nature of talent acquisition, they they tend to value our work and see it differently. You know, I, I always uh, compare recruitment to to an iceberg. In fact, I posted something like that recently, and most hiring managers and senior executives see what you know the, the iceberg in terms of what's above the water. But that's only one third of what an iceberg is, and you know what's unseen is everything else that goes behind it, as far as the sourcing and everything else. And so, when you have a hiring manager that understands the fundamentals of yeah. what it's like to get that candidate to the surface, no pun intended. Um, that's what we'd love to say. Yeah. Yeah. How, how like, and it, I mean, how would a hiring manager have that intu that intuition or that knowledge? Is it, is it just like a native curiosity or just a empathy thing? Or is there something that you would go through to sort of help hiring managers understand that these candidates that we're putting in front of you don't just sort of grow on trees? Like what, what have you seen? <laughs> well, that? well, I think it's, it's just their previous experience. You know, if they've yeah. worked with, you know, really solid talent acquisition staff, um, historically, they'll those staff should have already kind of broke it down in terms of how to get to a positive outcome. Um, when you're talking about some, you know, folks that are a little bit less experienced, sometimes you have to really just sit down with them and, and explain what exactly, you know, what it takes to actually get to that point. And if they can appreciate that, then everything else that that you like to see you know, within a hiring manager, open dialogue, communications, you know, being collaborative, decisive, transparent, all of that falls in line once, you know, once they understand that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, we may have covered it already. So feel free to sort of like say, hey, yeah, I've already answered that. But um, is there like a, when you think about like particular hiring managers you've worked with, is there like a least favorite trait where you think, hey, this really makes it hard for, for you or your team to do to do great work? Sure. The opposite of everything I've just said. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you know, something that, you know, I, I guess that, that's a great question. I, I think one of the least is a hiring manager that doesn't take the candidate experience into account, right? Employer branding is unbelievably important today. And, you know, it's easy for a hiring manager to be interviewing someone and in the first five minutes come to the realization that they're not a good fit, right? And and disconnect or, or not be engaged or kind of go through the motions. And that can have a profound impact on that one person. And today, candidates' voices are, they can be quite loud. 
right? There's tools and resources out there in the ether, uh, and, you know, Glassdoor, Reddit, LinkedIn, Vault, comparably, there was a new one I came across, very, very God boss. That was a new one that I just oh, came yeah, across. And, um, you know, they're great tools to elevate the company's profile and, and, and highlight its culture and diversity and positive environment, but it can also be devastating. You know, when it's working against you, the last thing you want to do is when you're interacting with candidates is be on the defensive and have a defensive posture. So, you know, hiring managers that don't see that and, and don't take that into account. And we try to really hit on these things when we're interacting with hiring managers. That's something that um, I think is unfortunate. Yeah. I, I One of the things I sometimes feel with candidate experience, and this is maybe more me, maybe more me just projecting my journey of sort of how I've thought about it, but let's let's run with it is i think it can sound i think it sounds fluffy initially like it sort of sounds like be nice you know just be nice be polite or something like this and obviously that is that's the that's the floor right you have to do those things yeah be on time these sorts of things um but actually what candidate experience really is is you have to believe you you, if you're going to hire great people you have to do one of two things you either have to be exceptionally good at picking i.e picking people that other people don't notice and therefore you're the only offer that they have and you know you're going to win them great or you have to win candidates that are obviously good and everyone else knows are good as well and so actually given you don't know that until you got to the end of your you know four five six round process you of course have to be like putting that money in the bank of like creating this situation where we're going to be the one that wins the candidate throughout the whole process and so obviously and again i don't think i guess what i mean about fluffy is when i think about my sort of in my past life taking jobs it wasn't necessarily about who are the nicest people i met along the way there was like a there was a like a a 3d full flesh candidate experience that i had that made me feel whether this was a special company to join or not and that might include you know some cantankerous seeming you know people on the team that's okay but it, it, the point is right. if you can sort of actually cultivate this experience that they have that you are you, this, this sort of um this this projection of your company that you're providing to them during this process and you're happy with that then you're more likely to hire people who actually fit in with that thing and end up staying there for a long time and all of these things so it's it's a uh, yeah i think that's like a i, I almost feel like the phrase candidate experience doesn't quite do that justice it's i, I wonder if there's some other sort of like phrase we'll end up coming up with to 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 sort of portray probably them. phrases they, they change so much over the years we'll come up with the term we'll brand it and it will be our next project. So. <laughs> awesome awesome <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. any sort of like favorite uh or like funny horror stories uh uh from your sort of time in recruiting like it, whether it's interviewing folks or sort of embarrassing situations that you are yeah happy to share how many how many hours do you have <laughs> 20 minutes we keep these punchy <laughs> um yeah i do i i have a go-to just because it had a profound impact on me um you know when i started the company again we're talking about september 2001 the towers had just come down i was focused in fintech that space was at a just at a standstill but we were still working with some organizations. And so I was working with a startup out in the West Coast. They were a derivatives trading um, applications provider, and they were looking for a salesperson out uh, out East. So I found them someone. And so this is a person that had a phenomenal background in the trading space in the early to mid 90s. So person that came from the boiler rooms, you, you know, on the trading floor, we're talking, you know, something, this is the same time as Jordan Belford and, and Stratton Oakmont and Wolf of Wall Street type of environments. And, um, but he was a straight shooter. 
and it was very good. So he crushed it. All of his interviews did phenomenally well. The job was, was his to lose. So all he had to do is um, have a breakfast with the CEO and um, just to get to know him. And mind you, he had already interviewed with him previously. And so the CEO was curious in, in relations to his experience in that hectic environment and, and asked him, you know, what is it about working in that environment that you didn't like? And he said, well, he said three words, actually, all the cocaine, if you can believe that he said uh, it. He didn't, mean him, he didn't mean himself. He, didn't, he just meant what he observed and the abuse that he saw. And so lesson learned, uh, words truly do matter. And everything is an interview until the job is yours. It was a bit devastating for me because it was going to be my and the company's first placement. Oh, I mean, wow. I had a runway, but we're talking... Yeah you know, dollar menu on McDonald's for months on end to stretch that out. So it was crushing, but devastating and horrific. Then positive today, I think is the learning lesson. And I can yeah. laugh about it. Do you, you, you prep candidates specifically on that potential, uh, that pitfall? I make sure they don't, they, they don't, they don't mention that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, oh, that's a, that's a funny one. Um, and if like, what a interesting character to bring that up in that context, even like you, you basically the sort of thing you shouldn't need training on. Um, but uh, yeah, especially for a salesperson, you would think, you know, yeah. but you, you know, sometimes you can just let your guard down you, and because they honestly told them this job is, we think you're perfect for it. And I, I think some candidates can fall into that trap where they just let their guard down and you have to understand uh, until the job is yours and you're in it, you're, you're interviewing and um, they're seeing everything that you say and do. So that, um, and mind you, he's a, he's a great person, by the way, I still stay in contact with him. He's a phenomenal individual. He just had that one slip. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously it was, you know, obviously being honest and was somewhat misunderstood, but yeah. Um, what, um, <laughs> what, um, what sort of gets you most excited about, I guess, your work with ISC now? Um, I think, <sighs> It's, it's really two parts uh, from, from a humanistic perspective. It's, you know, it's the impact our, our work has on, on people's lives. You know, when someone is either out of a job or, or seeking a change in their, in their career, it's a huge deal. You know, it's not just a professional shift. It's, it's a lifestyle change and, and a life-changing event that, that can really uh, affect them and, and those around them. So, I really do take that into account and take that serious. Um, and I, I enjoy helping people in that regard. The other is more from a business perspective uh, where it, it's unbelievably satisfying and rewarding to help a company achieve their, their strategic objectives and their goals. You know, I, I love helping startups. Uh, I love working with them from seed stage all the way to whatever event it is, be it an acquisition or what have you. I've experienced yeah. it a few times and it's it's an amazing feeling, sometimes paradoxical, to be quite frank with you. There, there was one uh, company that uh, I'll give you the name. It was, it's, it was called Slovis. It was a fintech company. Started with them in 2014 with their CEO. They probably had 12 people didn't have any infrastructure uh, in terms of talent acquisition, built that out, managed it, and, and saw the company flourish over the years, uh, and then get that call from the CFO, March 2020, uh, to where he said, Alex, let's let's hold on, uh, let's hold on hiring. We just got acquired by NASDAQ. And it's again paradoxical because it's bittersweet. 
it's sweet that, you know, you've reached that point yeah. that they got to where they wanted to, but you know, it's a bitter pill too, because um, you know that for the next six months, you're transitioning over um, everything over to, to NASDAQ and, you know, the ride has, has ended, but, and it's that same feeling every time I experience it. So that's why I get up in the morning. I, I really enjoy that. Yeah. So you, when did you say you started working with them? Sorry. 2014. Yeah. And then you, the, the acquisition happened in. Well, March, 2020. Okay, yeah, well, so we were responsible they, for really working with them sort of as essentially external consultancy for, for six months. No, we were responsible for all of their talent acquisition. Wow. So wow. our approach is it's quite different and we do it for several startups. So it, it's quite different how we work, um, but it's quite unique. And it's not just in that instance. We, we also function as a, a force multiplier for existing organizations that already have talent acquisition in place. Yeah. So, you know, we can, we can ramp up and down however they need, however they want to utilize us. And uh, it's, it's interesting because we get to work as externals as an agency, but at the same time, we're also functioning as internals in other instances. Yes. So it's, um, it's unique. Yeah. Well, massive, massive testament to sort of uh a beyond even one of those rides end to end and B to have done it multiple times and seen it sort of, you know, and that just increases the value that you can bring to the table as well around sort of having seen this radio before. Yeah. So it's sort of like an amazing compounding sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, congrats, I guess, or what, I don't know. What that <laughs> you. I appreciate um, that. <laughs> um, what about when you think about the future of TA? Like, what do you see changing that sort of excites you uh, about how we go about acquiring talent? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily about how we go about acquiring talent? Well, technology. I think the, the evolution of technology has just been phenomenal. You know, I'm very big on productivity and streamlining, you know, operations. I can't say enough good things about MetaView. I uh, seriously, I know it's not just because we're talking, I'm, I'm speaking with you, but I see it from a productivity perspective. And, yeah. you know, I'm huge on notes. I like expansive notes um, that can provide true insight Right, a hiring manager, they can see a resume and that's that's fine and that's great, but I need them to be able to get a lot more from our interaction with them. So even if it's a candidate that we are moving forward with and presenting in, uh, to, to a hiring manager or a candidate that's not because that those notes can utilize in the future for someone else on my team, I'm very big on that. And that takes time. So on average, let's say 15 minutes to, to write good notes together for someone that you've spoken with. Let's say my team is uh, having, on average, let's say eight conversations per day as far as screenings are concerned. You add that up, that's two hours a day. That's 10 hours a week. It's 40 hours a month. I can get back 40 hours a month. That is unbelievable. So big fan there. Um, and um, and it's other technology as well that, that allows us to uh, really be more productive. And um, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. Uh, AI. People are worried that AI is going to take their jobs in terms of talent acquisition. I don't see it that way. If anything, it's going to enhance our abilities to do our job better. Now, with that said, there is a caveat. Um, artificial general intelligence, AGI, does scare me a little bit, yeah, but um, that's out of my control. So I can't really do anything about that. <laughs> yeah. I, and I obviously very much don't want to get on the sort of soapbox about MetaView on this, but I, one thing I do think is like a good addition to the conversation. So I'm going to go with it is... Um, sure. I think that your point around uh, hiring managers can read resumes is, you know, obviously just obviously true, but also there's a lot to that because I think as a, whether you're an internal recruiting function, an external recruiting function, whatever it may be, 
you have to start to think that what you're going to bring to the table, of, of course, like being a great operator and operating quickly and having these productivity gains is great. And that's a big thing about one of the big things that we focus on. But also you have to be in some way a font of knowledge about these people you've spoken to that is goes yeah. far beyond the resume or far beyond what they could just look on their LinkedIn profile. Like honestly with me, when I sort of like often, of course, as a hiring manager, I will just go and check out the LinkedIn profiles, like one of my first ports of call. I ha you have recruiting folks have to get to a point where actually, no, I get far richer information from this person. And obviously that's one of the things that we think is really powerful about MetaView, which is, you know, whether you're sort of a recruiting leader internally or the owner of an agency such as yourself, your sort of proprietary data that you have in your databases around who these people are and what we've learned about them is actually a competitive advantage because you know when next role yeah. comes up you have actually something that's far fewer people of course in your database than are on linkedin but it's far richer data um absolutely so yeah i think yeah. it's uh, uh, an emerging we're hearing that more and more it's something we've always been mindful of but we're actually hearing people thinking in that way more and more which is really good um yeah definitely. nice close closing question um what do you look for when you're sort of hiring a recruiter into ISC? What are the sort of the top three qualities that you look for sort of that make up a top top recruiter? Sure. I think a popular sentiment um, usually is an empathy, someone who is empathic, someone who can put themselves in the shoes of their hiring managers so that they know what questions to ask and to really drill deep into what it is that they want, because sometimes hiring managers won't even know. And um, to be able to see you know, through their eyes, what what it is that they need is is unbelievably important, and that goes with you know your interaction with candidates as well. It's just as as important. So empathy for me is is number one. Um, natural curiosity is is number two for me. Uh, if you're naturally curious, you historically will be a lifelong learner. You'll want to know more about you know from a TA perspective, know about the industry that you're working within, the evolution, any changes, any shifts. So being curious in that regard, being curious in terms of learning about new tools, about new processes, new methodologies, as far as talent acquisition will historically make someone, you know, very strong. Um, so curiosity is a big one. Um, and then just fearlessness, just someone who's fearless, um, you know, someone's fearlessness allows, uh, I guess, recruiters to explore unconventional ways of working. You know, we work in, in a dynamic environment with, with frequent changes in, in market trends and technologies and candidate expectations. So uh, fearlessness helps, I think, recruiters to adapt quickly, uh, embrace new methods and, and just generally stay ahead, which, which really differentiates you and, and, and makes you a better recruiter, a better talent acquisition professional. Yeah. I love that one. The, the, we've not had that one before, but I think that's so true. And obviously applicable way beyond recruiting as well. Like it's just, I think it's sure. such an important trait. I There's a, like the, obviously there's like a Steve Jobs quote for everything, but uh, <laughs> I always come back to, which is around, um, I, he doesn't mention fearlessness, but I, I sort of actually equate it maybe to fearlessness, which is like just having this realization that if you take some action in the world, there's some impact that it has somewhere else. And then you sort of build it, oh, wow, if I take bigger actions, there's bigger, and you actually realize you can affect the thing in front of you. And obviously there takes a certain amount of fearlessness to do that and to try it for the first time and to realize and all this sort of thing and that you can actually bend, you know, there's not some sort of deterministic path that the world or your industry or your company is on, you know, irrespective of how you behave, like your behaviors are going to affect it. And that can be scary for some people. And that's why fearlessness is so important. Um, so, yeah, nice. Uh, Alex, such a great conversation. Uh, I learned a ton and, uh, um, uh, yeah, really appreciate your time. Uh, I hope the, the audience did as well. Um, uh, any closing remarks at all before we, 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 we log off? 
No, this is this is fantastic. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to speak with me. I'm excited to see what uh, what lies in the future of talent acquisition and what lies in the future of MetaView. Big fan again. Um, that's that's all. If if anyone wants to contact me, just uh, find me on LinkedIn. Uh, more than happy to network, and um, that's about it. Nice. Well, yeah, thanks so much. We went slightly over the 20 minutes. More, to, I think this has been the longest episode so far, so I'm getting worse. It's a good sign, right? Or maybe I'm getting better <laughs> on the conversational side. Yeah, exactly. Um, and maybe there's too much me on this one, actually. But uh, no, I thought it was great. Um, so anyway, for Alex, thanks so much for joining. Folks, thanks so much for joining as well. Uh, looking forward to the next episode. So I would follow, yeah, recommend following MetaView's uh, page um, uh, on LinkedIn just so you get updates around that. Um, and until then, let's hire on. Thanks, folks. <laughs>